I'm Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and here's What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water. Farmers in eastern Australia are facing the most severe drought in many of their lifetimes. Last week, the entire state of New South Wales was declared to be in drought, with nearly one-quarter classified as intense drought. About 60% of neighboring Queensland is also in drought. Less than 10 millimeters of rain has been recorded during the past month in much of New South Wales, and the forecast is for hot and dry conditions to continue. The state government announced over a billion dollars in drought relief measures, but farmers in New South Wales are running out of water for crops and food for livestock. Century-old trees are dying of thirst, cattle are emaciated, ewes are abandoning their lambs. Farmers watch their animals suffer and wonder how to find and afford feed that costs more than their livestock is worth. One farmer asked the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, do you shoot them or do you shoot yourself? Farmers facing ruin warn that the drought will drive up food costs and change the agricultural landscape. Some places have not seen rain for over a year. One feed supplier told ABC that people in the city don't feel the drought in the same way because they still have water from reservoirs. But in the country, farmers are going under because they can't afford feed. In western Queensland, cattle rancher Genevieve Hawkins has had to sell a lot of her livestock. The rest are subsisting on cottonseed. It's just relentless, she told ABC. You don't sleep because you can't stop thinking about it. I'd really like people in the city to remember us, see us, hear us, and know that we're still here. It's important to look after your own. Extreme temperatures in Europe this summer are having wide-ranging effects. In Switzerland, army helicopters are airlifting water to thousands of thirsty cows stranded in the high pastures where watering holes are dry. In Austria and Ireland, water shortages are also stressing livestock as pastures dry up. In Norway and Sweden, heat-loving bacteria are infecting swimmers and seafood. In Germany, which is the European Union's second-largest agricultural producer, the annual harvest is likely to yield the smallest crop in 24 years. Sweden has lost over 61,000 acres of forest to wildfires. In Greenland, an iceberg may shed a section large enough to cause a local tsunami. Last week, Sweden's highest peak is no longer the highest after its glacier tip melted away. Southern Europe is even hotter, with Spain recently seeing 109 degrees Fahrenheit and Portugal peaking at 116 degrees. But it is the northernmost latitudes where the climate is warming faster than the global average and where temperatures have been the most extreme. This is according to a study from Oxford University and the World Weather Attribution Network. Besides being hotter than normal, northern and western Europe are beset by weather that is more erratic. France has suffered violent rains and storms, alternating with drought. In the Netherlands, drought is damaging dikes because there is insufficient fresh water to balance the seawater. The study's initial findings suggest that in some places, climate change more than doubled the chances for Europe's heat wave. 
Francois-Marie Bréon, a climatologist and deputy director of the Laboratory of Climate and Environmental Science in France, told the New York Times that in the past, this kind of heat wave happened once every 10 years. Now, he said, we have them every two years or something like that. That's really the sign of climate change. We have heat waves that aren't necessarily more intense, but that are more and more frequent. Such heat may eventually become commonplace. Jean Jouzel, who vice-chaired the 2007 Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, said that after 2060, temperatures that once were aberrant, such as those in 2003 when some 70,000 people died across Europe, will become the new summer norm. He added that occasional heat spikes could bring European temperatures toward 120 degrees. This really is to enter into another world, he said. This is a world that France and Western Europe are not used to. For Western Europe, this is truly a major change of climate if we do not fight efficiently against global warming. Mr. Jouzel added that if the trend continues, by the second half of this century, two of every three Europeans could be facing extreme climate events such as heat, flooding, or drought. Israel, a world leader in turning salty water into drinking water, is rethinking its water strategy as it grapples with a five-year drought. Israel's one of the driest places on Earth, and it is getting drier. A short rainy season each winter no longer replenishes scarce water supplies. After years of efforts to conserve water, Israel said it had solved its water shortages by making its own supply. The country built a fleet of desalination plants that process the plentiful waters of the Mediterranean Sea. But, says Israel's Minister of Energy, nobody expected five years of drought in a row. He told the Washington Post that despite Israel's desalination capacity, the situation is very grave. Years of diminished rain mean that Israel's primary natural water source, the Sea of Galilee, has fallen near its lowest levels on record, and Israel has ceased using the sea for its national water system. The drought has also parched some of the tributaries of the Jordan River. As climate change, population growth, and rising agricultural use deplete these resources, the survival and stability of Israel, Jordan, and Palestine are at increasing risk. Israel's efforts toward water security rely heavily on desalination. It has opened five desalination plants since 2005 and has plans for more. About 40% of Israel's drinking water comes from desalination, and by 2050 that number is expected to reach 70%. In the early stages of the drought, Israel was confident that it could make all the water it needed. But as the years have passed with no respite, the national conversation is turning to conservation. Critics say the desalination push created a false sense of security, driving up consumption and distracting attention from the ever-receding groundwater. This is of special worry to residents of northern Israel, which is beyond the reach of desalination infrastructure. There, residents and farmers must rely on natural water sources that are swiftly vanishing. Desalination plants are not only limited by their supporting infrastructure, they are costly to build and operate, and have huge appetites for energy. They also centralize water, 
adding to the risk for massive disruption of a critical resource in the event of an attack or a disaster. Nevertheless, Israel is committing to desalination in a new government plan to address the drought. The first objective is to increase desalinated water production. It also plans to restore springs and tributaries and add desalinated water to the Sea of Galilee next year. Although the idea is to revitalize the sea, some warn that this could unbalance the minerals in the water and affect the lake's ecosystem. While Israel has used consumption taxes and water-saving devices to mitigate previous droughts, there are no plans for these now. But farmers in the Galilee region have had their water use restricted. Israel's energy minister says there is no question the drought will be solved. This area is not new for us, he said. We simply resume our historic tradition to focus and find developing water solutions. And that's What's Up With Water. We'd like to share what's up where you are. Tweet us with your water news at circleofblue hashtag what's up with water.